0: I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And
1: I'm Matt Connor. Places, everyone, it's
0: time for The, the Connor, and Connor and Smith Show! Show! Thank you, Places. Today we're talking with Jamie Conrad, great grandson of Frank Conrad, who Frank and Flora Conrad's story inspired our musical On Air. It's a funny story of how we got to find out that the great-grandson of the guy we were writing about lives just about five minutes down the street from us, and came to see the show at Creative Cauldron uh, when it was playing in 2019.
1: Yeah, and we actually did not know Jamie existed uh, miles, just a few miles from our home until the middle of the run of the show, after we'd already been working on it for a while, which was so fascinating.
0: And I had put together a big book of research that kind of, he had borrowed the book from me and found out things he had never known. Um, And it's, anyway, we'll talk about it all in the episode. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be
1: right back.
0: Hello? Hey there. Hey Jamie, how you doing? Pretty
2: good. How are you doing?
1: Good. I'm sitting here with Matt. Hi Jamie. Hey Matt. how are you? Oh Do dog kid What a crazy year. Yeah, yeah. And are been the the dogs cicadas. Here too.
0: Are the dogs here? Yeah yeah good good. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. We had a little like global pandemic uh, since the last time we talked.
2: Right. it's probably been about a year since we were in, 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 well, actually it's been more than that since we were actually in person. Um, yeah. It
0: was a Christmas 2019. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God. A year and a half. Just, just lost time. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. how, how have you two been through the past year and a half?
2: We, you know, we're in that lucky category of people who both have jobs that we can do from home. And so um, we kept busy and, and, did things and nobody got sick. And uh, our older daughter came back in May for two weeks and saved five months. So we had her, which was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm very much, we're all very much enjoying uh, being liberated again. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, everybody... So you're
1: not still working at home?
2: No, I am. I, in fact, I gave up. I used to, have, I had an office downtown and I, I gave it up because I was paying a fortune to just store my files and, so my office is my is the guest room, basically. Um, yeah,
0: that's that's what my day job has done, too. We're, we're getting rid of our space, and we figured, my gosh, we can save so much money. Office space is going to be, it's going to take a hit. Boy, I'm, I'm glad I
2: never invested in commercial real estate, because they're all going to take a bath. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. that's more and more what, what, I mean, Matt's piano studio has gone all virtual, and he's like gain students um, wow but 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 i mean i would like to have
2: like face-to-face meetings again not all day long every day but but just periodically just to see people and and, you know have sidebar conversations and stuff like that i would think like a piano thing it might be nice to be in person sometimes too
1: yeah well you know it's funny i think a lot I i have a percentage of my students that really want the uh the interaction and then a percentage that doesn't uh, that are okay with that wall of silence in between
2: us. (laughs) Well, you know, I think it's, it's like our church, um, that we will always have, um, virtual services now for the people who live in, you know, cat far away, or they, they're too old to get there anymore. And so the ones that like to come in person will come in person and all the other ones that couldn't come in person, will be able to stream. So it, it, in the end, it could be a kind of an, all, an ideal outcome for everybody.
0: Yeah. I mean, the same thing has happened with performances and, um, you know,
2: yeah.
0: I, I, it's interesting because our union is trying to figure out what to do, but I'm like, you can't give something and take it away mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. there have been institutions like um, Arena Stage, for example, has had camps for kids virtually. That their outreach is like all across the globe. Yeah, and I mean, it's giving resources to to mm-hmm. so many who didn't have that option. Right, um, In a way it,
2: it allows them to grow, outgrow or expand beyond whatever their local limitations would have been,
0: and grow their audience. On yeah, a that's scale. amazing. Interesting. Well, yeah. my other
2: creative outlet was, uh, um, you know, our our church choir had uh, was was was. was Squelched. So I, I became the the audio engineer of the virtual choir. So I, I <laughs> downloaded this software that allows you to edit audio and, and you know set it up where people could make recordings to a click track and upload them to a Dropbox and I would download them and futz them futz the wiggly lines together so that they lined up and and put them some right and some left and reverb and everything. And it was really pretty cool.
1: Oh, that's
0: amazing. The Conrad I, of it all. Yeah, there I go. That's my
2: my old engineering roots are coming back.
0: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Frank smiling somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, th- for those listening, uh, we met. This is a crazy
1: story. Um, now, Jamie found out about us before we fa- found out about him. Correct. Yeah. By, by someone who had seen the show right and said you need to go see this show but,
2: yeah somehow my brother told me about it somebody had alerted my brother um who has a wider network than i do and he sent this to me and said what the hell is this
0: <laughs> so i said i don't know let me see interesting so so the, the story is so uh of course matt and i were writing our last of a five-year series of musicals that, Creative Cauldron, which is a, you know, everybody knows the spiel. It's a it's tiny theater in Falls Church, but um it uh it was concerning um the Conrad family and the first radio station in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, KDKA. Um and so it involved uh some of Jamie's uh relatives, let's say. Uh, great uh grandfather and um grandmother grandfather. Great grandfather and great grandmother, thank you. And so he came to see the show and um, we've become f- close ever since uh, just, just trading tidbits of his memory of his youth and, and seeing uh, Mima. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the age of three.
0: So yeah. at the t- So lots of memory there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what, um, the, the weird happenstance of, of Jamie coming to the show and then us chatting afterwards, I think we, the cast got a picture with you. And then we just kind of started chatting about all the research I had done with this historian and you wanted to see the research, yada, yada. Um, here we are. But was it weird, Jamie, when you came to see the show, seeing like, people playing your relatives
2: (laughs) oh oh it's it is absolutely bizarre it makes your head spin because because you know i mean the essence of theater is you're sort of bringing far away or previous people back to life and so that that's kind of the you know the suspension of uh, disbelief kind of thing so you know to that extent i'm actually watching my great-grandfather and great-grandmother kind of back when they were and and uh so yeah it was a very uh you know at a very heartwarming and pleasant way it was a very
0: disconcerting kind of experience right right um and i mean can, can you talk about i mean i know that you've been a part of their history and their legacy in as so much of um you know aware of the 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 radio attempted radio museum and they have the garage in a crate somewhere you know, right right packed up and also that you had some uh with, you and your brother, I should say, with the historical plaque. Um, do you just want to kind of give a brief little like wh- how all that came to be between the uh, preservation and everything mm-hmm. else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's
2: there's been an effort within Pittsburgh by a number of folks going back probably 25 or more years to um, create a national museum of broadcasting. And the, the notion was uh, you know, originally it, I think it may have grown up around. An effort to save the the house where where he and the family lived at the time that that they had the radio station, uh, which had become an elk's lodge, and then eventually was was torn down and became a McDonald's. And but then they had the two car two story garage next to that, which I guess survived for a while. And when it was going to get torn down, that, that sort of crystallized this uh, movement to save the garage. And and so they ultimately numbered all the bricks and took it all apart. And yeah, they're stacked up in a roof somewhere in, in Westinghouse's old buildings in East Pittsburgh. But so they, they created this, this attempt, this try, tried to get together the, the, um, you know, wherewithal to have this museum and we'd sort of been in touch with them, but it, it, um, or they'd sort of been in touch with us, but it, it was just like pulling teeth to get anybody to any large institutions behind it. Um, and so, uh, it never really got off the ground. And, you know, there, there was once upon a time they, they, up, they took down the historic plaque and refurbished it and so on. And so there was a kind of a dedication for that. So things would sort of occasionally um, resurface, but, but nothing really um, kind of took off. And so, so to have, so see your show, that was really the first sort of successful uh, memorialization of, 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 you know, them and what they did.
0: Yeah, it always blows my mind that it's there's not a book or there's not a documentary, you know what I mean? I, right. They're mentioned, but right. but it's it's such a, a wonderful story and and subject matter, and uh, so we're happy to to you know beat the drum for the Conrad family because we <laughs> we've grown to love them. Um, yeah. We were able to in the p- pandemic, like okay, so. My, much like everything else that got canceled, um, we were supposed to go to Duquesne University with On Air uh, last fall, and that didn't happen. Uh, so we kind of figured out a way to do an audio play version of the show. Um, and we used uh, photographs from the show, photographs from, um, you know, history, uh, and kind of spliced it all together and so we were able to do something and kdka basically uh advertised it for us and it got quite a large listenership and was heard you know many different countries across the world mm-hmm. i can't, can't remember the figures right now but it was better than i expected mm-hmm. and, and we reached the pretty wide um area um, so we were able to do that. Got, how did, I think that lasted for like a month or so. Is that right, Maddie? Mm-hmm, yeah, because mm-hmm, yeah. we had to have a, a limited time because the actors were paid, of course, for their efforts. Um,
1: we reached several
0: countries and yep, and yep, yep. Dates. Hey, Hagerstown. Hagerstown,
2: <laughs> <laughs> China. What?
0: <laughs> um, well,
2: you know, it, in that respect, it's it's sort of like what you were saying about arena stages and so on. You. I mean, because I, I was so disappointed when it couldn't come off as a live show again in Pittsburgh, but but you you probably got to a wider audience uh, the way that it did go. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and also there was an opportunity for theaters and different people who hadn't you know heard it, seen it, whatever, to kind of take a look at it. Yeah, during the pandemic and go, oh, I know what that is now. Uh-huh. Um, so hopefully, you know, everybody's. Theater's so weird right now because everybody's kind of like looking at each other, like who's going to move first, what's going to happen. I, I feel like um, everybody right now that I know of is waiting to see what happens two weeks after the 4th of July, you know, because that'll give some sense of, mm. you know, gatherings, mm-hmm. uh, the most popular holiday four gatherings, you know, of the summer. And I feel like if we have no spikes going up, things will start to, you know, fall in line again in, in the fall. But I also feel like nobody's super prepared for anything, you know, because everything's been so tentative. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean,
2: nothing's, everything will have to get cast and rehearsed. And so I guess you have what, like a five, four
0: month lag time before anything can happen. Yeah. I mean, a lot of theaters, I guess, probably are trying to retain some of the shows they had already put, <laughs> you know money towards licensing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they might be stuck with some of their
1: choices and trying to figure it out um, hmm. but yeah so we should we should plan on writing the uh the movie version the screenplay <laughs> the one man version <laughs> the traveling puppet show just in case yeah anything yeah. we got now frank and Flora did not live in pittsburgh they, they lived
2: in um they live in Wilkinsburg. So um, is
1: Wilkin, Wilkinsburg is, is probably like going to
2: Silver Spring. It's, you know, Pennsylvania has more little municipalities than about any other state in the country. It's just chock-a-block with these little independent municipalities. So Wilkinsburg borders the city of Pittsburgh on, on the east side. It's one of the um, communities, just is one up, I grew up in a little town called Edgewood which also borders the city. And so Wilkinsburg is north of Edgewood, Swissvale is south. There's gobs of these little neighborhoods. And so they lived in Wilkinsburg. His, his parents, he really grew up there. I think he moved there when he was two years old because um, that house still exists. And then um, the uh, railroad, uh, I think that the Pens- the Central Pennsylvania railroad that his dad worked, I think that was there, Westinghouse. They were all, much of that stuff was in, Uh, I think initially was in in Williamsburg so Wilkinsburg rather so that's where he lived and then late in life they built a big house out in Penn Hills which is sort of a township a little farther east
0: yeah and gosh where the house where the where that sign is anyways what a Wendy's now is that yeah yeah
2: some fast food place Wilkinsburg is 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 in some respects a shadow of itself although it's coming back but it, it went through some pretty hard times
0: yeah we were able to stop by um in October 2019, before we kind of presented a few songs at KDKA, um, and that was interesting. Just kind of, yeah. we talked to you guys about that when we came over for Christmas. Um, right,
2: right.
0: Just interesting to see the area, and yeah, it's definitely on a transition, like an upward swing, but definitely with a few more swings to go. Um, but it was cool. It's it's an artsy little vibe. They they're. Mm-hmm. They're doing stuff to try to, you know, re- reinvigorate the area. I'm,
1: I'm honestly kind of shocked that KDKA has not really just leaped into our arms with this story because I don't know. I mean, this is a love letter to KDKA and right. and and what how they became who they are and mm-hmm. not that I mean I know that you know the bureaucracy of just and that's the reason I asked about where they were. I'm, I'm wondering if like. I wonder if it matters that maybe Franklin Florida's zip code was a little bit different than the actual KDKA and how who, who who raises funds for what and how that works yeah. across the. I don't know anything about yeah. it. Well, I think I mean I think that that whatever support they lent
2: towards the the events of, of November, 2020 uh, is by far the most they ever did since. I mean there there was a huge uh, fest. There were huge celebrations in 1970 for the 50th anniversary, because I know my parents went off to it and came back with all kinds of swag and posters. And there was a uh, a box set of, of LP records that included interviews with Frank and Flora and stuff like that. So in those in the 70s, they were very proud of it. But then I think probably the ownership of the station changed. Um, and, and they just, yeah, it, it was perplexing to me, too, that especially because Pittsburgh is such a sort of you know, proud hometown. You know, there's a lot of. of yes. Uh, the city takes a tremendous degree of pride in all of its homegrown institutions. And so it, it always struck me as odd that the, that the, what was the, you know, the dominant radio station for millions of years didn't, uh, did, wasn't more prominently involved there.
1: I mean, this, this show, I mean, I don't know if we would have to rework it or not, but I mean, this show really is something that eventually when tourism comes back could be sort of something that people from other places get off a bus and go watch Mm -hmm. the story of the radio, Mm -hmm. you know?
2: Well, they still could rebuild the garage somewhere. I mean, uh, uh, if they could get some space to put it and, you know, a grant to fund the light bill and somebody to work there.
1: (laughs) Well, me and Stephen's mission for on-air has (laughs) only just begun. Uh We have a good 40 years left. (laughs) (laughs) That's optimistic. Well, I was just doing the math. I'd be ninety-one. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah. Wanna, I, I can't drive to Pittsburgh when I'm ninety-one.
0: Right, you'd have to take the train.
1: I would have took the train. <laughs> um, but yeah, just a just a very fascinating um journey that was, and you know, who knows? Maybe if the pandemic had not happened, maybe would have grown. We would have moved a little faster. But uh, Duquesne does want to do something maybe with it in the future, and Stevens already talking. Uh. Why you talk about your new idea of, of how to expand the, the oh, yeah. play a little bit. So, so I've always kind of thought that the show kind of
0: does election night and then wraps up really fast. Yeah. And that I would like to sit into a little more of radio uh, like that, you know, after the first broadcast. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know time constraints being what they were, I was like, well, we're going to wrap it up like this and this is how it's going to be for this production. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't quite sure. I had one idea about uh, another song. And then I was talking to Don Maui uh, of Duquesne, who is, you know, was doing all of these uh, these recordings of what am I trying to say, Maddie? He was doing all these like documentary work. Right. About the this you know centennial, um, and he was finding all this new stuff and new information, and one of the things he found that was really really exciting was the first uh, baseball game that they covered on KDKA, huh. and, and Frank was there, and uh, I just thought, oh my god, we have to have a a baseball game kind of covering a baseball game feel of like you know that would be an exciting thrilling as they're kind of describing what they're seeing kind of sequence yeah. uh, and song. And then we could get people to buy tickets who don't care about theater. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but so that's, that's my newest thing that I'm trying to, I'm, I've, I've talked to my historian friend and I'm going to talk to Don again soon about like, let's sit down and talk about everything we've discovered about this game and what, what the deal was, who were they playing? What was the score? You know,
2: in, at Forbes Field probably in those days.
0: Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's that's my latest thing. Um, I'm not sure when, I'm, I'm hoping that theater in general will probably start to reawaken this fall, but I think it's going to take everybody a little while till they figure some stuff out. Mm-hmm. So even all the talks that we've had in the past with places, we're going to have to kind of change our... Uh, exploration of like how are you guys as a theater are you mm-hmm. doing things are mm-hmm. you booked um so anyway that's that's where that all lies now J- jamie you are uh now i'm not going to say this correctly but you're a lawyer but your your focus area is the environment
2: uh yeah mainly i mean i i represent uh, trade associations in in dealing with epa and congress and and uh you know, trying to trying to facilitate uh, changes in the way the the environmental regulations work so that they can accomplish their goals without unnecessarily, uh, you know, costing jobs or products.
0: Gotcha. So. Yeah. So am I to assume that you've been very busy? Uh, well, <laughs> always. Yes. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, it's uh, a lot has happened in the last uh six barely six months Um,
0: yeah
1: yeah does that that include things like and i'm gonna sound like i don't know i'm gonna sound like i went to school to learn how to tap um does that include like if we get rid of like certain coal companies or coal uh jobs then how does the green uh, wind turbine jobs. Mm-hmm. Does that help? Is there a way to make sure we don't lose the yeah. number of jobs?
2: Well, like so. So my biggest client is the Business Roundtable. It's an association of CEOs, and and so the main issue I work with on them is trying to speed up the process of getting uh, permits for big projects. So, for example, if if we want to get uh, our our to net ze- a, a net zero Car energy sector by 2050. That's the goal, and they want to get to. Um, um, I mean, they want to reduce greenhouse emissions dramatically. Uh, the, the obvious solution is 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 solar and wind, and the the there's a huge potential uh, from wind farms, especially big offshore wind farms. But um, a, a big offshore wind farm, if you start from where they're gonna the government's going to have a lease where they lease some of the outer continental shelf, like they've done for oil drilling. They have to lease it for, for uh, giant windmills too. From, from the beginning of that process to where the windmills start operating is seven to 10 years. And, and just the, the environmental review, the NEPA review can be several years. And, And so what we're trying to do is speed up that process as much as possible so that, You don't lose track of the environmental issues, but you you make it go as fast as it can so you can get these uh, windmills, you know, up and turning. Uh, Because the sooner you get them turning, the quicker you can stop depending on coal-fired power plants.
1: And when you rent the territory offshore, is that rented from the state?
2: No, from the federal government, from the Bureau of Ocean uh, Environmental Management.
1: And how far far does the government... uh, go out into the ocean
2: 200 miles
1: 200 miles is still the usa
2: yeah it's three the first three miles belong to the state and then the next 197 belong to the united states
1: and does that change country to country you know it used to be 12 miles pretty
2: much around the world now it's pretty much 200 miles everywhere
1: wow yeah so so you're in international waters after that
2: after that right
1: and then everyone starts drinking
2: right but you gotta (laughs) right (laughs) But um, but you got to you know you got to have a big giant cable that connects these windmills back to the mainland, so you can't get too far
0: away. Wow, Um, I never even thought of that. That's thank you for asking that, Maddie. That's what just like who owns the ocean, which is such a bizarre thing to even say.
1: It's not the ownership. You're not owning the water. You're owning, I guess, the land Land? under it. And I'm assuming, Jamie, I guess maybe even after a decade, if you were to go back and look at the the bottom of the ocean, I guess it could, well, I guess it wouldn't change the actual footage because
2: you probably get, you know, you probably get, if the water's warm, if you probably get coral and stuff and fish hanging around them. Um, right. But in some places like California it's so deep, they're going to have to float, which will be really interesting.
1: Now let me ask a stupid question for anyone who's listening. Uh, when it comes, we saw some really powerful wind, uh, turbines i guess are called when we traveled to on air remember that stephen on Mm -hmm. on the mountaintops we're like oh my god now i i guess those maybe are different sizes depending on what kind of wind you're trying to capture where or or is is it just one size
2: yeah no the ones that go out in the ocean are are enormous i mean they dwarf even the ones that 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 you see on on land land. There, there there can be um i'm gonna get the numbers wrong but i mean they can be hundreds and hundreds of feet tall
1: and and these things don't uh, i'm assuming don't really environment like all of a sudden uh, the seagulls go extinct
2: well you know there's a problem with the ones on the land um actually do birds and particularly bats seem to get clobbered by the blades and i've never quite understood why they can't see them coming or why the bats can't hear them. Maybe they just go too fast. Um, so there is there, they have to kind of where they, when they sight them on land, they do have to kind of try to figure out where the migration pathways are and where the bats tend to be to try to minimize that. Um, so you could have something like that out in the middle of the ocean. Um, but, but other than that, no, I mean, they should be, you know, they just have one moving part and nothing comes out of them. So they, they're relatively, uh, you know as, as as sources of electricity go they're they're pretty clean
1: see i think if i could get kdk to sponsor them and maybe play some music from these uh <laughs> yeah put the a bats transmitter would, on
2: top of one of those
1: windmills and you yeah the bats road. would know they'd be like okay they're playing it's the 80s night we shouldn't fly over there <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um yeah i
0: we did i can't remember where about we saw those but we don't have them i know this sounds like you know this we don't have them around here like that i've seen so well, it's all it's
2: not windy enough here you know they're they're up on mountain ranges um i think where you probably see them are sort of the laurel mountains which are kind of the the you know the eastern continental divide so the where when a drop of rainfall does falls, it falls does it drain to the atlantic ocean or does it drain west to the mississippi and go out to the gulf and and that eastern continental divide runs uh through western pennsylvania kind of like around johnstown or somewhere maybe east of that um so as you come up over that that's a pretty high the 2500 foot type elevations and that's where the windmills
0: tend to go i guess you're right although we we have seemed to have some pretty windy days here in the last month but uh don't it's, it's not
1: overly windy here enough to no
2: it's a swamp it's
1: yeah no the only thing that went is windy here is Capitol Hill. Capitol Hill, right. <laughs> it, 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 we could we could maybe make some energy there. Yeah. <laughs> Hot air.
0: Hot air energy. Um
1: well I I
0: just wanted to, to chat you up about like, you know, I, I feel like anytime we've had we have a guest on, it's it feels like you know we're have somebody here in the living room and we're having a beer, you know. And we missed you and wanted to just kind of see
1: how you two were and how the family was doing. And uh... And it was also an interesting experience for us to sort of unearth a relic and uh, almost like we are um, archaeologists looking for, you know, the next treasure and we found the conrad family and even even seeing photographs he's and, not calling you a uh, relic, a, a, li- a
0: living fossil
1: <laughs> right 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 but finding, finding the conrad family from not even a century ago but over a century ago because frank was born yeah. before the 1900s right yeah, yeah.
2: 1876, 18, 74. 1876. So, 74 I mean this story
1: goes back yeah. to yeah. uh 1874 at least yeah. and just understanding like, you know, seeing photographs, understanding the journey and, you know, there's so much more there that we don't even know, but um, just being able to be a part of history and actually sort of add another layer to the history that not only did Frank do what he did, which is amazing, Mm -hmm. but then we turn into a musical that then, then because of a, uh, a epidemic, a pandemic, turned it back into a radio for the radio which i think is so and here we are kind of awesome broadcasting on the new form of
0: radio
2: radio, yeah yeah well you Um, know i just have to say the other thing you guys did that that you know really was new and that no one had done was was identified the you know the role that Mima that flora played i mean for one thing no one knew that she played the ukulele but but um you know she really was a a suffragette she founded the Western Pennsylvania league of the chapter of the league, Women Le voters. And, and, and it, it does seem certainly, I mean, it's kind of partly the the conceit of the drama, but it, it does seem as though if, if were it not for her, Frank probably would have just been puttering away in the garage and never, uh, never sort of made the radio station what it was. And, um, and maybe never had a family. So, so it, it really shows that she was kind of a partner of the whole effort. And, and, one who was not recognized uh, as well as much as she should have been,
0: yeah, I mean he definitely wouldn't have had the idea to do the uh the politics broadcast, you know the election, yeah that was definitely motivated from her, and we were we were so thrilled when the actress who played your meama um Nora Palka won the Helen Hayes award for playing her this past year, oh good, oh great, yes, yeah, well so, deserved, so your me mama. <laughs> Basically got a Helen Hayes, you know? <laughs> Pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, the... God, I lost my thought. I was going to say one more thing about the show and the family. I was going to say, we need to call the Ken Burns of Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, It, was, it may be Don Maui. <laughs> yeah, yeah, think, yeah he did.
2: Those, those documentaries he did were, were, were great.
1: Yeah, I'd say we need about $30,000 to do a, a short
0: Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, I have really enjoyed kind of um, spending time with the Conrad's in my head and like trying to write new stuff to kind of expand the show. And uh, it's far from, you know, done. It's, mm-hmm. it's just get, getting started. And mm-hmm. I'm so excited to, to share all that with you. And um... So, well,
1: Jamie, during our conversations, I usually ask people what they did, what they learned during COVID. But it sounds like you learned how to put uh, engineer music for your choir.
2: Basically, yeah, that was my old dog learning new tricks. I mean, that was I hadn't done anything like that since high school. And it was what, a lot. What, what the, program did you use? Uh, it's called Reaper, R-E-A-P-E-R. Huh. Um, I, on re, in retrospect, I wish I had tried to with start out with GarageBand cause that might've been sufficient. Um, Reaper has, it, it's really designed for, 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 for professionals and right. the learning. I mean, the first one took me 12 hours cause I had to teach myself this incredibly complicated software. Um, but I, eventually I figured it out, but so I don't, you know, for somebody else who wants to try to pick it up cold, um, there might be there may be a slightly more user friendly uh, um, application out there.
1: In the last year, did you and the family like binge uh, shows that you would never have time or take time to watch? Like, oh my god, we watched twenty seven episodes of Alf. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, I think I think the uh, the, the biggest uh, overdose was um the was crash landing on you this this South Korean drama slash comedy slash spy adventure about a a kingpin businesswoman who lands her hang glider in north korea and falls in love with the the soldier who's supposed to keep her under wraps and oh um, wow (laughs) but but it's there it goes on forever there's something like oh god you know 27 episodes and they're two hours long it's it's um I always dread when my wife wants us to start watching something because I think, like, when will this ever end?
1: <laughs> right, right. How many? It's almost like the car ride of like, how far is it? Yeah. Are we almost there?
2: At least the car, you know. Well, at least once you're grown up, you know, kind of like where the opposite, where the destination is. The trouble with these TV shows is they make on forever.
0: Right. Yeah. And uh, lastly, um, Matt is producing our friend uh, and colleague Susan Derry's upcoming holiday album that's entitled I Wish It So and it's been making us think a lot about wishes and what wishes really are kind of manifestations of positive hope Um, Mm -hmm. and so we've been asking I made this silly looking wish box like looks like a fifth grader made it you know like to collect valentines back you know in the 80s but we've been collecting wishes in it and um, we're going to have uh, we talked to another artist on the show. Her name was uh, Sushmita Mazandar. She has a studio in Arlington called Studio Pause, And we're going to have some kind of a uh, joint event of unboxing of these wishes. And then she's going to help create art out of what they are on paper. Oh, cool. And and we'll also have Susan there to probably perform some of the albums. So we um, have been asking all of our... Uh, guess the first thing that comes to the top of your mind be it for yourself your family the country the world if you had one wish what would it be
2: well the one that i, I sort of saw this one coming so that when i thought what came up first that you know that having been through this pandemic that we learned hopefully that we learned uh some lessons about how to deal with the next one because there will be another one and, and I, I sure hope it's not as
0: ham-handed as this one was um okay i'm just writing that down um so that is it you brought back to me what i wanted to say so i was about to let you go but i have to say this the 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 synchronicity that's not the right word the uh happenstance that there was a global pandemic in 1918 Mm. and then the happenstance that the election uh proved to give what was called a return to normalcy in 1920 <laughs> and the cyclical nature of that <laughs> took us a hundred years to forget everything we learned the first time you know right but uh that's the thing that i had remembered and then forgotten then remembered again so i'm glad i got that one in there <laughs>
2: okay no that's pretty that's pretty wild
0: well, Jamie. Uh, till the next time, we can like sit down and have a beer. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. We really appreciate it.
2: Oh, thanks for the invite and prompting me to listen to the recording again. And uh, and I'm I'm eager to to hear where you guys go with it next.
1: Yeah, if you've got a free evening this summer where you want to drive up the road to the boys' house, give us a call. Yeah, we'll do. All right, Jamie. All right. Good to talk. Thanks to you. so much. Okay. Bye.
0: so great to catch up with jamie conrad so proud to call him one of our friends and just such a stance of an occasion that we met the relative of somebody we were writing about um we hope to catch up with you soon jamie um, we would love to see you again. Can't wait to hang out and can't wait to see what the future holds for on air in Pittsburgh and beyond. If you want to know more about us, visit www.connersmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an ER. You can also find us on Facebook under Connor and Smith. Um, please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Really appreciate that. Um, And as we always say, turn Turn your heart into art. art. Bye, everybody.